You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast. Um, we're back with the Parenthood series. This is episode three in the Parenthood series. We've spoken about um, a journey to falling pregnant. We've got our pregnancy journey. And now number three, um, Louis, our son, is um, past, just past the three-month stage. So this is our all about our first three months of being parents. The wins, the disasters, everything in between. We've got my wife, Courtney, back on. And uh, I promise you, this one's not too long. So make sure you stick around at the end because we've got a surprise for you. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Everyone, what is up? Episode 75. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. <laughs> um, welcome to the Parenthood series. I don't know, I think it's not too short. Actually, I don't like we're just I'm just using this new software to record podcasts. It's called um, Riverside. It's generally what happens when you record your um, your podcasts on uh, Zoom, you lose quality. You lose quality on the audio, you use quality on the Zoom. Um, Riverside is made for podcasts and live streaming, so you can um, you can actually record like interviews. So obviously someone, say in Australia, another person, the guest is in the US. You can record still a good quality interview with audio and video. Even though Courtney are in the same, and I are in the same room right now, I just thought I'd trial it out. I'm just playing around with a few different things. I don't like the... The full screen, just because it's a bit laggy. You cool like that? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hello everybody. Like, what was the same? We're back with the Parenthood series, episode seventy-five, and um, you know, Louis, our son. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, we've spoken about our journey to falling pregnant, and then what was the other one? Birthing. And we didn't do birth, but um, birth. pregnancy. Pregnancy, our journey, Mm -hmm. our pregnancy journey, and this is our third instalment of the Parenthood series. (laughs) Louis, almost four months now, as I'm speaking right now, so we just wanted to do an episode about how we've found the fourth trimester. Now, the fourth trimester, anyone that doesn't know, it's like the first three months after the baby's born. Mm -hmm. You hear about trimesters. Now, tri is three. If anyone that doesn't know, just look. Don't hate me, just, you know, just in case you don't know. I, don't, I didn't know this stuff back in the day. Trimester one, the first trimester is the first three months of your pregnancy. Second trimester is the second three months, so like three to six months of your pregnancy. The third trimester is the last trimester before you give the birth, the last three months, so it's the six to nine months. Mm-hmm. So you hear about the third, the first, third, and third trimester, but you don't hear a whole lot about the fourth trimester. That's what they say. It's a little bit, what's that word? Anyway, whatever. You don't hear much about the four trimesters, which is the first three months after the baby's bloody born, and it's the bloody hardest, as they say. <laughs> and we need all the support. We've been through it now, and when it comes to fourth trimesters, we're officially pros. <laughs> Not pros, but we can share how it went. Absolute pros. <laughs> we've got hey, we've got a baby through there. So we did, we did. We can we talk it. about it. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to do, we want to do an episode on, um, you know, our wins, what we've learned, our struggles, everything in between. If you've been following along with the Parenthood series, you know how it goes, basically is, uh, some stories, um, there's some laughs and giggles from Courtney, there's some, uh, there's some tips, advice, experience, little bit of everything, um. Now, to be completely honest, we like to, you know, we like to keep this raw, honest, transparent, vulnerable. Um, this is actually our fourth attempt at recording the third episode in the Parenthood series. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it was going to be about birth, but. <laughs> yeah, 
It was meant to be about, we were meant to do an episode on Louis' Our birth. birth story, yeah. And I think the first time we booked it into my schedule, we were just like, I think we're fighting. Yeah. So we didn't do it. So we rescheduled it to a second date. Still fighting. That came along. <laughs> we are fighting again. The third time, we were like third time's a charm, third time's lucky. We actually got we it. Got we got made like it eight happen. eight minutes in or something. Yeah, we started recording this thing. And eight minutes in, I don't. I think it was actually like half an hour in. Oh, it was a good chug, but then you you work into the clock. It, it was work. a lot. It was a bit in, yeah. We were in this thing, twenty minutes uh, in or something like that. And then Courtney said, "Can you pause it?" <laughs> because of our last episodes have gone so long, like an hour and forty-five minutes, an hour and an hour and a half. I just said to Courtney, I "Go look. Let this episode. <laughs> let's like keep it short, like under fifty minutes type thing." And as I was like asking Courtney, you know, these questions about birth and how she was feeling and all like that, I was just like constantly looking at the stopwatch. I had a stopwatch going and everything like that. And I was like tapping my foot to, as in like kind of give her signals to like hurry up and get on to the next thing. And it was like 20 minutes in and she paused it. And she's like, she goes, I, I can't bloody do this. You asked me to talk about this deep stuff. And I got you there sitting there with the stopwatch. So like we an adjudicator, up, it was too much. Adjudicating. <laughs> so we ended up having a fight. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fight live on the episode. We didn't release the episode. Oh. So anyway, this is our fourth attempt. <laughs> we're here and um, Courtney just said before, as we're about to start this thing. Um, she said, oh, I don't know what I... It's still recording, but we're frozen. Oh, no, 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 I did that. So... Okay. Um, Courtney said when we were about to start this, she's like, it's nice to not be fighting just before this episode. So here we are. We're here. Episode 70, bloody five. Parenthood series, episode three. And it's the fourth trimester. So I thought, um, you know, I want to talk about a number of things. And I'm going to be basically asking Courtney questions. And um, this is going to be broken up into kind of three sections, I reckon. And we're just going to go with... You know, however it rolls, yeah. But I was just seeing, as in the first section, we talking about us as parents, mm-hmm. how we found it. You know, Louis, everything like that. Um, our son's name's Louis, by the way. Um, then talking about really important thing, our relationship, um, and we're going to finish this episode on something special called the mystery. Actually, you looked at my mystery question. No, I genuinely didn't. I promise. You better not have. So. We're doing a special little segment at the end of this called the mystery question. So what I've asked Courtney is, I said, I want you to think of a question to ask me and I don't even know what the question is. She's going to ask me a question and I have to body answer on the spot and then vice versa. I've got a mystery question for her. She's going to answer it. She doesn't know what it is. And I tell you what, this is going to be groundbreaking. So whether this, the goal is to get this episode under 50 minutes but look if we're here five hours later the reason why you should stay to the end is because of the mystery question section <laughs> that's Good my plug. book to get people to stay <laughs> all right so first first part being a what do you think how's it been a mum? amazing it's um Everyone says that it's going to be the most special thing in your life and going through pregnancy, I already felt that before he was even here. But through all the highs and lows and everything that we'll touch on and how intense, especially the first six weeks are, having them here is just the most special thing in the world. He's just the best. I love being a mum. I really, really mm. love being a mum. So You do love being a mum. I was I saying to... Um I was talking to one of my mates the other day and I told you as well. Mm. So one of my mates and I was just talking there, you know, everyone asked you, how's it all going? I think I was talking to Jazz. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying, Courtney is made to be a mum. You made me 100%. cry. <laughs> Absolutely made to be a mum. Um, she just kills it. It's um, such a demanding role. Um, me personally, as a dad, I... So far in the first three months, it's been fairly easy mm-hmm. for me. Now, we'll get Courtney's answer in a second. Um, I definitely, out of us two, have got the easy role. 
Easy, easy, Rob. <laughs> so, um, you know, you might get a different answer from Courtney and I assume you would. But for me, it's been fairly easy. Of course, there's been challenging times and everything like that. Um, but I had, a, I had a lot of people say that, you know, kids will be the hardest thing that you ever do. Um, now, we've only had him for three months, yeah? Yeah, he's Almost not a toddler with tantrums yet. He's, so we haven't yeah. got to that. Yeah, we're yeah. just commenting on the first three months yeah. here. And um, me personally, I'm like, man, growing a business is way fucking harder. Way, way harder. That's my personal opinion. Um, now, you know, Courtney has to do a lot of the heavy lifting. She's breastfeeding. It's very demanding. She's getting up in the night and changing the nappies and everything like that. And I'm sleeping through. So I've got a quite a... I, I feel I've got a quite an easy role. Yeah, where it's just like, nah, just, you know, change nappies every now and then. Um, make him laugh. He's starting <laughs> to laugh now. Um, it's not a whole lot. You bath him and stuff. Mm. I might bottle feed him every now and then, but like I like that anyway, just because I don't get to breastfeed him. It's bonding time. It's bonding time. So like that's been my experience. But Baba, let's talk about your experience. In saying that though, the way that we work in our relationship, it's like Luke is still working, and so this is. You know, I'm the primary carer for Louis, so I do do all of these things so that Luke can sleep and function and work every day. And then the weekends, you're there a bit more and in the evenings, you're there a bit more to help and, and do things. So for us, that's how it works. But I know in some some relationships, you know, both partners will get up during the night. Um, and if that works for you, that works for you. But Luke is someone that oper- needs sleep to operate. That is yeah. his thing. Like I can actually function on little sleep i work in events i've been conditioned to work on very little sleep in high stressful situations so uh, that really did prepare me for the first six weeks Uh, so i can function on very minimal sleep and still actually be coherent and not a zombie whereas poor luke that's his one thing he needs his sleep and if he doesn't get an adequate amount of sleep he is beyond a zombie and so for us it was like well there's no point you walking around literally not even being able to string a sentence together you sleep and then you can give me like some respite in the afternoon if I needed a nap or Mm. anything like that so it's completely whatever works for your situation but for us um, that's what works and I just wanted to say that so it doesn't sound like you just sit there and (laughs) don't do anything I don't don't sit here and do nothing very hands-on I am um I do a lot of cleaning. You yeah, do. like I'm, I'm, I'm Master every cleaner. single morning. I put the dishes away. If Courtney, you know, we're very equal. Yeah, it's like if, mm-hmm. if Courtney's, um, if she cooks, you know, I, I clean. Yep. I clean the dishes, and vice versa. If I cook, Courtney cleans. So it's not like I'm just that typical, you know, dude, masculine dude, like back in the day where the, you know, the. Hands-off parenting almost. Yeah, yeah, the guy works, he comes home and he's just like, hey, yeah, where's <laughs> no. he six-pack of beers? Where's he blade six-pack of beers? And does nothing. It's you know not I mean? that at all. Not that at all, not at all. So maybe I didn't um, articulate I'm just going right. into the bat for you just in case. Yeah, bat like, me oh. just in case the, the game come after me. <laughs> but in saying that, when people do talk about the newborn period, and, and essentially they're a newborn for 12 weeks, but... That first six weeks, which I know is cliche and people do speak about it, but that first six weeks is definitely the toughest season in the first 12 weeks. Um, I found personally, once we got over that six-week hurdle, you've experienced their first growth spurt, their first leap, um, they've mastered feeding by then hopefully, or at least you're in more of a routine with it. You've built your confidence up. And your body is kind of slowly starting to adjust, both from post-birth and then if you are breastfeeding, um, your breastfeeding journey and and just post-birth recovery. So those first six weeks, it really is a pressure cooker and everything is so heightened and so intense. Um, So speaking to, I guess, challenges, I found that first six weeks, everything is definitely heightened. Um, you're mm-hmm. very sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Um, for for me, say breastfeeding wasn't. Uh, it didn't come essentially very easily post birth. We 
Louis was syringe fed for the first 30 odd hours um, because we had issues with latching and then I had to use a shield for a while and then transition him. But I personally really wanted to breastfeed. That was something I really, really wanted to do. Not at my detriment. If it got to the point where it was just not working, then um, you just have to do what you need to do to get through it and fed is best however your baby is fed that seemed like a an eternity it did actually like getting him to breastfeed oh it did and mind you this is for me which again even though when he was born i'm kind of in there and i was sleep deprived it's still like courtney's still copping it way more than me and even for me that felt like eternity to you know trying to get him to latch on and you're so tired Just want to jump in and interrupt this amazing episode with some amazing news, which is on July 26, we are reopening enrollments to The Leading Coach. Now, The Leading Coach is our program that helps coaches grow a six-figure-a-year business. Now, if you're a coach of any sort right now and you're making on average between zero to $5,000 a month and you are seriously ready to take your business to the next level and live an extraordinary life because that's what we're all about, The Leading Coach, then right now you can join the notifications list. Now, when you join the notifications list, you basically get first shot and access when we open the doors. You get first access ahead of everyone else to to the program page to find out what it's all about, what it includes, the investments, everything like that, and you'll be able to make an informed decision about if TLC is perfect for you and what you need right now in your business and life journey. So to join the notifications list, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash TLC. Going to chuck that in the show notes, but let's get back to the episode. And you want that first moment. I didn't get that first moment with him after birth. It was trying and trying and trying and trying. And I said, okay, let's start um, expressing and get some colostrum, which... I actually had colostrum at home, but we didn't bring it to the hospital, but it still helped late once we got back home. So I definitely recommend antenatal expressing if it's something that you're interested in, just in case you do have any breastfeeding um, complications. It's very common, very, very common. I've got a beautiful group of 15 mothers in uh, my in parents group, and it was the one thing that everybody said they had a challenge with, and that's 15 mothers. So... Uh, the odds are high uh, that you might need the support and there's a lot there. But uh, yeah, it took us 30 odd hours before we actually had our first feed and I was so emotional. Um, it was so much kind of <laughs> persevering to get to that moment. And then, yes, we were still uh, having issues. So I used a shield for about two weeks and transitioned him off that. And then since then, it's been a lot easier. But one thing I did learn very quickly about breastfeeding is that when a mother says to you, my baby is feeding every hour, I thought that meant, oh, okay, maybe they've got an hour gap in between each feed. No, (laughs) the time starts from the moment you start feeding. So say your baby feeds at midday and they feed for 40 minutes and then they're back on at 1 p.m. You've actually only had 20 minutes and then they're back on the boob. Um, And usually in that 20 minutes, you're changing a nappy. So sometimes it's like 10, 15, 20 minutes and then they're feeding again and feeding again. And so that can happen in that first six weeks. And um, that's where I kind of, my output to input ratio felt very off because you're bleeding, you're you're dealing with all the post-birth pains, which are very painful. I wasn't aware that I was going to have contractions, labor contractions to shrink my uterus. Um, Not everybody has them, um, but I did, and I was not prepared for them. And that for me was the hardest part of labor. And then I had to go through it again post-birth. So that was very painful. Um, So when you're cluster feeding, you're sleep deprived, they're really unsettled you're trying to learn their cries because you don't necessarily i think after that six weeks you start to know okay that's a tired cry that's a hunger cry at the start it's like Mm -hmm. what is this cry and you try everything okay you hungry do you need a nappy change are you too hot are you too cold uh do you just want to be held are you tired you know you you kind of just try everything um but once that input to output ratio does start to settle um I found things a lot easier, but there were definitely days where I just felt like everything, like bleeding, breastfeeding, so the milk's coming out, you're not sleeping, you're not eating very well because your hands are tied and you're forgetting to drink water and eat and you're just like, wow, everything is output and there is nothing coming in and I'm running on near empty. Uh, So there's definitely those days 
Um, and that's where you call on the support, which I'm not very good at, but I was very lucky that Luke could see all the warning signs and see when I just needed a bit of time out or I just needed him to take Louis so I could have a shower or do my skincare or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, that's the Yeah, ch- we, um, we did like the Oprah, you might, may have seen it, Oprah's got, had did this, this uh, had this guest on, this mm. is ages ago, this is like, 15 years ago or something like that baby language baby language chick um and she's like she's an expert in baby language and how they went what they when they cry like she knows what it means and stuff and she was kind of explaining um the different cries Mm. and we were watching that and we're like trying to you know figure out like ah is what's he doing now? What's it, what's it mean? Like we wrote it down on our phones and then I ended up downloading a, a cry app and all that crap. Yeah. Like we of went course the cry that. app every single time. It's like, he's hungry. He's hungry. Yeah. Do you, um, I've forgotten all that. Do you like, do you know all the cries now? Uh, his was different at the start as in it said that um, his hunger cry was a la, not, oh, I can't remember what. It was, but they had like, eh, eh, as in I need to be burped. And that was when we actually started to burp Louis more, which now I've learnt as well. Burping, mm. crucial. Like they think that... More bourbon. Yeah, burp your bub and apparently, <laughs> yep, Louis Burp your cheering there. Burp the dude. The more burping, uh, the better apparently it will be in the evening. So um, we did learn that eh sound um, might may mean that they need a burp. And I even got familiar with that with feeding if he started to get really really unsettled sometimes i'd just keep feeding him and think what's wrong what's wrong and now i'm like okay no he's a bit unsettled take him off burp him usually a huge daffy duck burp as i call it and then he's he's back on and happily feeding again and they say the more you can burp them during the day the hopefully less unsettled they are in that witching hour from like 5 p.m um, because that tends to be a build-up of gas throughout the day that's then settled in their bellies, and now they're having tummy pains. So the more you can burp them and get that air out and circulating through the day, hopefully the less uh, unsettled they are in the evenings. Mm. So that's like a little curveball there. but um, Yeah. Um. Learning the cries becomes easier, and you will start to go, oh, he's hungry, oh, he's tired. and mm. But that just takes a little bit of time. And again, after that first six weeks, that kind of all starts to settle. Yeah, I feel at the at the moment he's real easy. Like he's just like we we just know what he needs, and he doesn't cry a whole lot. Um, he may change; he probably will change. Mm. Um, but to say where he's at right now, but yeah, kind of in the early days, you just like when he's crying, you go, oh, "What the hell does he want? Like, what does he want?" You're trying to figure it out. So that is frustrating. That is hard, and that, I think that. Is. I think you said the first six weeks I was feeling, me personally, I think the first eight weeks was like, it probably took eight weeks until you started going, this is turning from, okay, this is really hard constantly mm-hmm. to now it's like, this is becoming more routine and predictable. Yes, And you got more control. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's yeah. almost like you got no control in the early days. Then after that six to eight week period, you start to get more control. And because you got that control back. A little bit more control. Uh, it's it's you can enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me as a dad, in when Louis was born, I you know I was I was watching the whole thing. I had um, I literally had Courtney's holding Courtney's legs. Yeah, <laughs> like um, you now Courtney did a um, completely drug-free birth. Like unbelievable what she did. Go through all that. Um, and then watching the whole thing, like just nuts. I was, I was, um, I was like, yeah, holding her legs open. And at the start, I'm like, I don't want to watch this just because my mates had told me, you know, stories and I'm just like, oh, and one thing I was just waiting for was the tear. Oh gosh. And I'm like, I do not want to hear <laughs> this tear. Neither like, did I'm, I. You know, not that I know what a tear sounds. I'm just yeah. assuming it's a tear, like, like a- you rip a t-shirt or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> So like a I'm special like, effect tear. <laughs> I just don't want to hear that. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I know I've got to hold our legs open to help the midwives because they're telling me what to do. 
but I'm just like, you know, I'll tr I'm gonna try and keep my senses down so I don't freak out and so I can stay calm and confident for Courtney. But it got to the point where he's crowning and they're like, do you wanna have a look? And I'm like, you know what? You know, you, you've gotta experience this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, this is life, yeah? And as uh, intense as it is, I'm like, I'm, I just felt that, okay, I'm gonna look at this. And I kind of, you know, peeked around the corner. <laughs> There's his blonde little head popping out. And then from there, I literally watched everything. <laughs> I just went from, you know, my head being kind of from her knees up to basically my head being from her feet down. Which, and I was just watching the whole thing. Which I bizarrely had zero idea. I was facing the other way. I was on my side. And mm. I thought Luke was literally in my ear the whole time. Like you felt so close to me that I couldn't fathom how you were watching because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were right here. Um, so I still felt supported. I didn't realize you were, yeah. Mm. They had so, asked yeah. me a few times if I wanted to watch and I was like, no. Like I, I was so yeah, focused, yeah. eyes closed, just get him out, get him out safely. I didn't want to be distracted yeah, you don't want to watch or stuff. freaked out. You or... got like say, you know, you got an operation, they're cutting your leg open <laughs> yeah. and you, you know, you're not being put to sleep. You're like, you want to watch this? Like, you got to be a bit of a sicko to watch that. So Perth um, is different, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got well. What? Maybe if you're if you're watching that stuff, I'm sure you love your your blood and gore movies. <laughs> um, so when Louis came out, literally saw the dude flop out the, the fudge. <laughs> saw um, the dude. That's just, wow. Just came out. And, wow. Yep. Yep. That's a great visual. Just for came everyone. out, and I was just like, saw the whole thing, and look, it was unbelievable. <gasps> it was amazing. It was what a moment. But uh, I didn't feel any. I didn't feel love for for Louis, and I, I watched uh, as they put Louis in Courtney's arms, and I could just see how in love Courtney was. And um, I mean, that's a common thing. I think a lot of um, dads, because they don't go through it, everything that the the mum goes through, with obviously holding a baby in their body for that amount of time, the body changing, the hormones, everything like that. partially in shock as well. Yeah, so, but like that's how I kind of felt. And even like, you know, the, the love for him slowly built up. And even to this day, the love's increasing and increasing and increasing. <laughs> I found personally as a dad, it got more enjoyable for me probably after two months when he starts interacting when he you. starts interacting yeah. the first two months for a dad this is how it goes you basically you're losing sleep your relationships rocky as you're cleaning dirty nappies you've got a baby who's crying and you're just trying to meet their needs and you don't know how to do it so life's out of control a little bit and you're and not necessarily the priority like it becomes really hard to there's now this yeah. little baby that it needs my undivided love and attention. Yeah. And you're not getting a yeah. whole lot back for the dads yeah. because at the end of the day, they don't interact with you. Um, you know, the mum's sharing the, the special moments if they're breastfeeding. Yeah. They've got that motherly bond. connection and bond. The guys don't necessarily. So that's how I kind of felt. And I've had a few, um, you know, conversations with guys about this fathers and they've said the same thing. They said, yeah, that's definitely, that's, that's how I felt as well. Mm -hmm. Now that he's interacting with you, he's laughing at you. He's smiling when he sees you. It's awesome. You. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's good to know that someone in this world finds me funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's now. two people in this world, myself and now Louis. So I thought you were going to say sunny. <laughs> it's confirmed and sunny. <laughs> it's confirmed my belief this whole time. So, um, yeah, and I know that as he... You know, he gains more intelligence um, and he can interact to another level. Mm -hmm. I just know that the love and connection between him and I is just going to continue to grow. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. That's what I. That's one of the things that I love about being a dad is it's forever changing, which I like that. Um, but it's with the change. You see... I, here's the thing with change is that if you're constantly changing you, and you feel you're not going anywhere in life or you're going backwards, then that's not a good feeling. But when there's constant change but you're making progress, mm -hmm. that's a really good feeling. And I'm kind of addicted to that in life. It's growth at the end of the day. So to be constantly, you know, literally every week at the moment, it's like he's 
Changing. Changing. Yeah. So you're getting a new dude and it's like you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> and he might do something new that you've never seen before and like it's really special. So that would be one of the, that's probably the most exciting thing for me personally is being a dad, is watching that all unfold. Watch him grow. Yeah. What would you say the two things for you? What's been the hardest thing for you so mm-hmm. far? And what's the most, what do you feel the most rewarding thing about being a mum? Is. Hardest to me is Louis's been sick twice in the last almost four months. So he got bronchiolitis at six weeks. I which, got bronchiolitis. <laughs> which traumatized me. I just, you get to, over that six weeks, as we've said, you get into a pattern. Um, I built up my confidence. I was feeling really confident with him. And then he got sick and it was like watching him breathe every five seconds again and, and not sleeping because I was watching him breathing and that really rattled me and I was really emotional in the hospital seeing him like that and also Luke couldn't be in the hospital it was one parent only and um, thankfully he had a very mild case of bronchiolitis but he recently two and a half weeks ago um, got COVID and uh, his breathing again um, was the main concern and we spent a night in the hospital and so those that really 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 upset me seeing him like that because he was very unwell for the first 30 hours so the hardest part to me has been him being sick because it's just it's so hard to see them unwell it is just oh it's awful awful heartbreaking when they're like that and you just want to take it away and you can see that they're in pain and they're so confused so his sickness was definitely for me the hardest and the most rewarding did Mm. you say everything he's just everything he's just the best he really is i feel very very lucky louis is a very easygoing baby he's very relaxed very alert um and has been from birth (laughs) we're we're told on multiple occasions that he's we're very lucky uh but i would definitely say your vibe attracts your tribe right so he I think the more calm you are, the more calm you, you you are as parents. They feed off that energy. So the calmer you can be and the, the more um, balanced environment you can give them, I think definitely will show through. But um, I think now once he started smiling, it just makes the night feeds especially so much easier, so much easier because you're there and sometimes it feels like – you know, you're the only person up at night and you might be up in those first weeks, you know, four or five times during the night and it can get really exhausting and you're kind of rocking him to sleep but rocking yourself to sleep at the same time. Um, but once they start smiling, oh, it just, that interaction is so special and so beautiful and and. I found that so rewarding. Now that he giggles and smiles and, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, good morning, and he's beaming at you from the bassinet and you just <laughs> think it doesn't matter what's happened. It doesn't matter what's what they've done throughout the day or how your day has gone. You can't not smile back. So mm-hmm. for me, yeah, the smiles and the interactions are definitely at the moment just so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, talking about the vibe attracts your tribe. <laughs> That's a great segue to our relationship. <laughs> if you ask me what's been the hardest yeah. thing, I would say the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I think we both did not prepare for, didn't yeah. expect. Yeah, yeah, we thought we would be okay. Because Courtney and I are like, when it, like we're, we're fairly good communicators with each other. Um, and when we fight, even though we've got both got bad, um, what would you call it? Qualities in arguments. We've got bad qualities in arguments mm-hmm. at times. One thing that we're good at is that we Resolution. don't tend to hold a grudge too long. I am known as a sooker. <laughs> I'm a sook. So sometimes like if we have a fight, I'll sook for a couple of days. But it's kind of like we... The, we usually resolve the intensity pretty quickly. Like yes. Usually the same no day. No silent treatment. Type yeah. thing, yeah. So, um, yeah, going into all this, we're like, we know obviously there's going to be added stress here. Mm-hmm. But, man, we fought so much. The They're first arguing. two mm. months, about thereabouts. We felt we like every like, day. 
non-stop yeah. just picking at each other <laughs> arguing there was fights over parenting styles oh no we should do this with louie we should do that no yeah. things need to be this way things are... that was clashing so it's the sleep deprivation on top of everything being new on top of your relationship becoming quite transactional especially as the as the main carer um you know, sometimes you don't have a lot of time and so it feels like your interactions with your partner is, can you pass me this? Can you bring me this? Can you do this? And that doesn't even feel nice sometimes either. You're like, oh, I hate that my whole conversation or my whole interaction with you is asking, 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 asking. Um, so it's a, it becomes a very transactional relationship with, I guess, we weren't prepared for. Um, and whilst we definitely have had healthy arguing in the past, we didn't argue all the time. And so then that makes everything in that first six six weeks, especially, or for Luke, the first eight weeks, so much harder because when you're not strong together or, you know, yourself, if you're fighting with your partner, you know, that puts a dampener on your mood and everything becomes harder. So I was finding that, like, I, my baseline was already depleted if we were arguing. So... You know, when we were happy, it's so much easier to do the hard things. But when you're not, everything is kind of amplified. And I definitely was not expecting that. I thought, you know, no one really mm. talks about it, I guess. That's the thing. I found, I thought, okay, a lot of people have been really honest with me in my in post-birth pains and bleeding and what you'll go through and how you'll feel as a mother um, and recovery and rest and prioritizing yourself and that kind of stuff. But no one really talks about the relationship and how that might go. And I did find that when I did open up to people, they were like, oh, I'm exactly the same. I've been arguing with my partner nonstop. And that was kind of like, oh, phew, okay. It's not, not just, just us. us. Um, but I think because it's not spoken about, and I completely understand, I don't want to just... Luke was kind of telling everybody for a while. And I'm like, can we stop but telling should, everyone though. we're I think, arguing? I, I think that there should be more of a open conversation with our struggles in life yeah because we just hide our struggles we highlight our wins mm -hmm. and we hide our bloody struggles and guess what everyone struggles yeah and there's times where your struggles will be 10 to 1 to your wins so it's like why the hell do we highlight our win? and what it does it just creates like it's just the, the model of social media Mm. The model of social media is you post your highlights, you hide your struggles. Yeah. It creates um, a fabricated image of what life is. And the issue with that is that people then compare, compare themselves mm -hmm. to a fabricated life, which is not real. Mm -hmm. They then basically look back at themselves and go, I'm shit. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, yeah. I'm a failure because that's how it's meant to be. That's reality. That fabricated life, that highlighted life is reality. Um, so, yeah, with our relay late, we had a date night the first um, the first month. Well, I think it was like 30 days in after Louis was born, we had date night, um, which was good that we... That you pushed me. We got it in. That. I pushed yeah. Courtney to do it because I'm yeah. like, you know feedback i've got from parents is you've got to make time for each other i mean the number one thing for relationships is you've got to put your partner's needs before yours yes that's yep. the key to relationships what do you do when you first get into a relationship with someone and it's all brand new you do everything for them your needs are non-existent well i hope so anyway you do everything for them yeah it's like oh where do you want to go for dinner yeah and you think about them you like you buy them presents and you open the door for them <laughs> Do all this nice stuff and you, you're doing that to court them and to basically lock them into the relationship. Once you get in the relationship, things get comfortable. Once you go, okay, I'm safe with this person. They ain't going anywhere. And the real person comes <laughs> The real selfish version that just looks after himself. <laughs> so that's why relationships go south because we go from starting the relationship by looking after the other person's needs and then as we get comfortable, we do less of that, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then when the kid comes along, the baby, what happens is that the your partner's shifts. needs are basically like non-existent. It's all the baby. 
So that's why relationships go down the gurgle um, mm. when the old baby comes along. So for us, yeah, we really struggled with that. Um, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk about you. Uncomfortable <laughs> conversation here. Yes. With your family, uh, you can uncomfortable oh, actually. Uncomfortable conversation. Look, your family has listened to this. Um, believe it or not, Courtney and I have had sex before. <laughs> Just so you know, right? We've got a baby and you have to have sex for that baby to come out. So, yes, we have. Um, so, let's talk about sex and there's been none. It's been absolutely zero sex since Louis come along. So, and look, we're about three and a half months in or so, almost four months. Hmm. There's been nothing. Now, from Courtney's point of view, her vagina is injured. <laughs> it's recovering. It's she's got a baby to look after. She's tired. So, sex isn't really a priority for her. From the guy's point of view, well, you know, we still have needs and we probably still do want to have sex to be honest i've gone like now i'm kind of starting to think about it but like isn't in the in the early early days you don't really i didn't really think about it too much just because of like the whole environment of what's going on you just like you know i I wouldn't even want to probably like go explore that area because if i watch courtney get stitched up This is the point of the conversation on the podcast where I start talking about all this stuff and I, I tend to do it every single podcast. Courtney likes squirms. But look, I'm just being real. We're having real conversations. Now, the good news is, is that guess what? Courtney tucked me on the shoulder last week. <laughs> I'm sharing this as well. Thanks. She's like, Baba. She's like, I think I'm re- ready. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's I think I'm ready. <laughs> and I thought she was... What did I think you were talking about? You thought I was ready to try to have another baby. That's right. I, that's it. She goes, I think I'm ready. And I'm like, what? And I thought, she's ready to have another baby. And I'm like, you, like is he serious or what? No. She's ready. Courtney's ready to have sex again, everybody. So wow. she's like, wow. baby, I'm ready to go. So that was a moment. But um, she's like, we're going to need some lube. We're gonna need. Are some... we really going? Absolutely, wow. everyone does it. Oh, all right, wow. everyone's used lubrication. <laughs> Courtney's family listening to this. Yes, you too have used lubrication. <laughs> oh, wait, my doctor did say it. My six-week check, which I actually had it ten weeks. The doctor's given the advice. Yeah. All right, doctor's orders. Doctor's so orders. <laughs> this is where things are starting to get fun again, right? And I love this stuff. Where I'm like, cool, I'm going to a sex shop, and I haven't been <laughs> to a sex shop in a long, long time. <laughs> And ironically, the last time I went to a sex shop was when we got a bottle of lube. <laughs> so we're back. It's a Saturday. We've done our errands for the day. Oh, we drive to this sex shop that we know, the last one that we went to a number of years ago. We're back having the exact same conversation. And I walk in there. This time, last time Courtney was with me, <laughs> this time Courtney is at the front of this sex shop parked in our uh, our people mover with Louie in the back <laughs> and I'm running in like some creepy dude. Right? <laughs> so I walk in there and there's this lady at the desk and I said, hello. I go, um, I have, uh, I'm looking for some lubrication. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, now I actually, I told the story and I said, the last time I was in here was a number of years ago and I had my wife beside me and we were looking for some lube. <laughs> Things have changed there. My wife and I, we had a baby three months ago and uh, sex has been, you know, off, out of bounds, kind of. But exciting news. We're back on board. And to get things started, we need some slipperiness. <laughs> we need something that's going to help us open the gates. So she's like, all right, oh, awesome. No. So then we go on talking about different lubes and all that, water-based and silicon-based. And then she's getting my hand out and she's putting the different lubes on my hand and, you know, doing like the, almost like you're getting perfumes and stuff or, or lip gloss and putting it on your hand yeah, and testing the different ones. <laughs> so, long story, well, I was going to say long story short, I actually explained the long whole story. Long story long. Long story long. <laughs> We've purchased a bottle of lube. It's sitting there waiting to go. And I reckon possibly this weekend, okay, let's possibly... Just... I could be getting lucky. All right, I'm not not gar- no guarantees, 
but I've put it on the podcast, so I've did I've done this purposely to put a little bit of pressure on her to go. Okay, let's actually crack open a brand new bottle of Loba. <laughs> All right, okay, getting a little bit awkward now, everybody. It's very awkward. Um, so with this relationship thing, um, I met this guy. Um, I've been working from a um, co-working space, and I met this guy probably about a month ago. We just like bumped into each other in the kitchen, started chatting to him. And I'm like, tell me about your business and like that. And we just, you know, we just started chatting. And turned out this guy's, um, he owns a successful business, been running it for about probably six years or so. Um, but they had a kid a year ago. They got a one-year-old. And I was just saying, hey, we just had a kid, you know, two months ago. And um, I always just, you know, I always in life, if I can see someone that is, done something that I want to do, I ask them bloody questions and I pick their brain. And with parents, I do the exact same. Yeah, there's so many parents out there that have, you know, they're many steps ahead of us. They've done it with, you know, they've got a, a, they've raised a kid, they're now an adult. They've raised two kids, three kids. So in my eyes, they have information that will benefit me so i'm just asking this guy questions and i'm like man well what you know how did you get first first um through the first three months and what's been the hardest for you what advice have you got this is the advice that he gave me he goes man i've been doing this for 12 months one year and he goes man i'm into personal development which i know you are too just by talking to you and personal development definitely helps with you being a parent. Why? Because your awareness levels, your consciousness about being, okay, got this little kid here. This kid is watching everything that I do. Um, I need to be conscious of how I'm acting and how I'm showing up because this kid's looking at everything that I do mm-hmm. and they're learning from our actions, not our words, from our actions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, I was, I'm, we're at the age now where Louis, we're on our phones, yeah? Louis sitting there looking at your phone. And like we don't, we try and hide the screens from him. But with me, already he looks at the back of the phone. So I'm on the phone, right? Let's just mm-hmm. say that Courtney's having a shower and I'm kind of like mining Louis for a bit, but I'm still working. I'll be there doing stuff on my phone. And he's lying there on the ground looking up at the phone and just sits there looking at it. Like he just wants to get into it. And he knows at three and a half months old, he has already figured out that little thing that they hold they're not giving it to me they're holding it back for me from me there's something about that thing that i need to know and find (laughs) out and he already knows that at three and a half months old yeah yeah he's already watching tv he tries to like obsessed with tvs crazy and he's been like he'll even watch the reflection of like at night Mm -hmm. we've got a glass door right near our tv Mm -hmm. and he's worked out well if you turn me away from the tv i can still see it in the glass like he can see the reflection so he'll watch and obviously he's just watching moving pictures but still it's Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh like that fascination that that obsession is already you can kind of see how Mm -hmm. it just sparks yeah he sits there literally like just like one a of human, us. <laughs> like uh, we well, is a human. That sounds so stupid, but an adult. He sits there like <laughs> yeah. an adult, just like you know, watching. Like the other the other night, we've got a TV in a room, and a lot of the time, we might be watching. Uh, I, I love my movies, and I'll watch a movie in bed, right? And at the moment, Louis sleeping um, in the same room in his bassinet, and that's beside the bed. And we put him to sleep. And we're sitting there watching this movie together and then we look over <laughs> and the reflection of the TV lights up his face and he's sitting there with his dummy just watching the movie like he's like in bed with us. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, cool, we're here, movie night. <laughs> no, just keep you're it not quiet. meant to be watching yeah. this. <laughs> I'm like, close your eyes, mate. So that's actually, that's a big concern for me is the TV watching, the movies, the phone. The phone, because, you know, think about all the, like, we, we saw Gremlins. Gremlins was Ugh, on so TV scary. the other week. Just, just in passing. And we're just having a quick chat about it. I'm like, how scary was Gremlins <laughs> when you were a kid? Now, you look at it now, you're like, man, this thing's stupid. Like, there's no, there's nothing to be scared of. But as a kid, watching Gremlins. It's terrifying. Terrifying. I'm kind of scared that 
you know, if we're getting that, let's just say he's getting, because I watch some pretty crazy movies here. I love thrillers. Psychological thrillers love as well. Love psychological thrillers that get you thinking, that stuff your mind up, <laughs> and you basically watch, you, you, you finish the movie and you're like thinking about it, yeah? And then the next day you're thinking about it. I love movies like that. I hate movies like that. Not, not, a, good, not a good type of movie for a, kid, a little baby to kind of watch in the background, yeah? So like, I'm just like worried that, mind you, we're not going to let him sit there watch a thriller, but over time he's just going to get little chunks and pieces of it. And I'm worried what that's going to do to him through the phone, through TVs, through the movies. That's a concern. Um, so getting back to the, the, advice. the advice from this, this dude, this dad. He said, man, the number one thing you have to do, the number one thing for your success as parents is your bloody relationship with each other. He goes, forget about everything. And he goes, just make sure your relationship is in a good place. He goes, because if it's not... Mm-hmm. You're fucked. Everything else crumbled. Which, which even from us, like we have done Tony Robbins courses, like we know this. And even with all the knowledge and tips and tricks that we've learned, it's so easy to kind of just revert into your day to day and revert back to what is happening in that moment and that the priorities shift. So even with all of this knowledge, you can see how things can kind of spiral. So... It is like a, a daily awareness, I guess, to, to go, okay, no, I want to put my partner first. And as Louis gets older, um, if he sees that and if he's growing up in a loving home where he sees his parents have this beautiful relationship, that is not at his detriment. That's going to help him and, and help him as a person um, and create that kind of family stability. So it's, it's within all of your, our intentions, I guess, to do that because it's only beneficial for everybody. Mm. Does that make sense? So that's it. Um, it's like the relationship's your number one thing because yeah. the little baby looks at you and even though they're so young, their brain's taking this shit in, yeah? And maybe um, cognitively they can't... Cognitively? Cognitively? They can't, yeah, process or articulate what it is. Is it cognitively or cognitive? Oh, no, don't do this again. Cognitively. <laughs> Here we go. Cognitively. Google's coming out. Oh, I've got to do this. Whenever I kind of... Cognitively? I think it's cognitively. Cognitively. Lee. Whenever you... Um, cognitively, yeah. So let's just say you... T- I shouldn't go down this wormhole. Mm-hmm. Let's I'm do doing it. doing really well as well. 15 seconds. Let's just say you're like talking and you'd kind of go to do a word. You don't know what it is. Like I just did there. Quickly get your phone out and Google it and then you quickly teach yourself words. So that's a little tip. I like it. Cognitively. What was I saying again? Uh, Even though... Yeah, that's it. Even though cognitively, Louis, you know, when he says, you know, one or two months old, he say Courtney and I are arguing. He may not be able to go, oh, they're arguing. Mm. But but he feels feels the energy. Yeah. And that's the thing. The energy between your relationship transfers to the baby. Mm-hmm. So if you two are, us two are in a good state, the energy and the vibe is great at home. He feels it. He feeds off our energy. He feels better because we're feeling better. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side, we're not feeling good. He's going to feel it. We're going to be impatient. He's going to react to that and it snowballs. Yeah. So that was, I reckon that's the best bloody tip that i've ever had out of all the people i've asked and the millions of things i've learned from parents that's the best tip and that was kind of like a slap in the face it's almost like a breakthrough like aha because you were probably expecting him to say something about louis about their development about what you can do but it's something that you go oh hang on Mm. um and when it is really tough things that did help was literally very simple things like literally just giving your partner a hug you know literally just a little hug makes such a difference because there's connection there. Um, 
preempting things. So say Luke would fill up my water bottle for me before a feed or go and grab a burped cloth or just little things without you even having to ask that they know will make a difference for you or helping, you know, make you lunch and bringing it to you or bringing you breakfast without kind of even asking if you needed it, knowing that you hadn't eaten. Like just those kind of things can help balance out in those early weeks when you are feeling that disconnect from your partner. It doesn't have to be date nights. It doesn't have to be, I mean, I think they're really, really great. But if you you don't have to go, well, we're not doing that so we can't do anything. You can still do little things like hugs and check-ins and just being there for each other that will help. Little tickles. <laughs> it will help break down that that little tension or that. Gooch. that oh, gooch tickles. God, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. I think we've lost listeners I today. again. Did it again. Um, I had something to say with what you're saying there, but the, the <laughs> little tickle thing got me. <laughs> small, what were you saying? Small moments of connection. Finish, finish off what you're saying, then I'll. No, that I, I was. Um, jog my memory. I was. <laughs> I was finished. You finishing? Little moments is yeah. Oh. Oh, but I did have other tips, but yeah. All right. Um, quickly, give us your tips. Well, I have a little section that I put here for cup fillers. So I was going to say for partners, um, I definitely found like when you, if you are breastfeeding or even if you are bottle feeding um, in those early weeks, they are feeding very quickly. And I would say like, Luke, I'm on the clock and say all I wanted to do was get out, go for a walk, get some sunshine, get a coffee. Um, as the partner, if some, something that's so small but if you can be like be ready so say your partner is feeding but you know that baby's ready just needs a nappy change and you guys are ready to walk out the door be ready to walk out the door because it means so much as the mum that it's like okay I'm gonna feed him change him and let's go and I may only get 60 minutes and I'm on the clock and I want to get out and enjoy that 60 minutes to then come home sometimes Luke would then all of a sudden decide that it's the time to basically renovate the house not to that extent but and i'd be like no we need to leave like i'm on the clock this is my 60 minutes why are you now deciding to i don't know fix a tap or do something um so definitely support your partner through that especially if you know that that little fresh air or outing is going to just absolutely set the foundation for their day um I always, I still am very thankful that I have managed to have a shower every single day. I love my showers. So even if that basically means I bring Louis in every single day in the docker tot and he's happy enough to sit there while I have a shower. Clean those pits. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) one thing actually that I've put in here, we were very, very, very lucky, very lucky to be gifted a... um, photography experience um i a photographer reached out for some models for a new studio and um i said i've got a little one and she happened to pick us which we were incredibly lucky to have um, beautiful photos taken of louis and us with louis but i would highly recommend that if you are thinking about it to do it i know they recommend doing it in the first two weeks and as a postpartum mum, it's the last thing that you think about. You're like, my skin is so dry, I'm bleeding, I'm leaking, I'm really. But those photos are so precious and I am so grateful for them. So yes, it can be expensive, but I would put it, pop it on your your baby gift list if your family and friends are looking for something to give Check you. It on the I would definitely recommend card. it. Definitely recommend it. Check it on the credit card. You don't have to pay for it. The bank pays for it. And another thing that a lot of people would say to me is, you know, in pregnancy, you're reading so much, you're trying to prepare so much, you want to know. And I felt like even in my 40th week, I was like, there's still so many things I don't know. And everyone just used to say to me, like, don't worry, like your maternal instinct will kick in and like you've got this basically and it absolutely does any things that you may think that you don't know and you're like how am I going to learn that you're both learning on the job basically but your maternal and your parental instincts kick in and things that you may not have thought that you knew you just know what to do you'll figure it out you'll figure it out figure it all out like people told us yeah but uh did you have the questions well, if you're doing tips, then I'm going to jump oh, on yeah. and do a couple do of bloody tips. tips. <laughs> All right. Here's Luke's top two tips. 
Number one, and this is um, this is just forever. This relation, this one here, is um, you've gotta. And I think Courtney said about filling up your own cup. Um, but this isn't just for bloody being a parent or getting through the first three months. This should never Ongoing. stop. Mm. Um, you've gotta look after your bloody self when you do things for yourself, which means. Um, if we're using the example here with our family, like on the weekends, I love being with Courtney, Louie and Sonny. Mm-hmm. It's like mm. one of my favorite things to do. No. But I also love being by myself. Now, some people don't love being by myself. Others do, but everyone should always put time to be alone with yourself. Nobody else. Or doing things where you take yourself out of your common environment. Common environment for most people is work, or in case of us being parents, for Courtney's sake, it's being around Louie and maybe being around Sonny and myself, right? So taking time for yourself and doing things that really give you love, give you excitement, give you joy, and prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Every single bloody week at least. You should be doing things every single day, but I get it. It's a bit harder. Um, That's number one. The second thing is talking about relationships. Don't freak out about the turbulence and the volatility that you may be going through. Why? Because it's a season. Mm -hmm. In life, we all go through seasons, just like the seasons of of life. Um, (laughs) Summer, autumn, winter, spring. (laughs) That one, winter... (laughs) I'm like, wait, what are, what are those seasons again? Winter, <laughs> spring, summer, autumn. We all go through Who seasons. Who them in out life. of order? Well, I'm just, we're in winter right now. Okay. We are in winter. I'm just going in order of where it's at. So in life, we all go through seasons, yeah? And I think what happens is because we're always wanting the goodness in life, we're always wanting to feel good, we're always wanting spring and summer, yeah? What we're not wanting, we're wanting when things are working, things are happening for us. We don't want the opposite. So when things are working for us, we feel great. But when the opposite's happening and things are going wrong and we're maybe in challenging times or dark places, we really do. We're like, I don't want to be here. And I, they, we resist it so much. But um, yeah, seasons in life and seasons in relationship. Right now, the season for Courtney and I's relationship um, is that we've got a baby and hey, the baby's gonna be the more, the priority. And it's just the way it is. Now, I don't freak out even though, hey, in the first two months, it sucked with our relationship, things have got better. Can things get way better? Absolutely, they mm-hmm. can. But it's a season we're going through right now where it's like, we've got a newborn, the newborn's gotta be the priority and we get that right now, our relationship's not gonna be as amazing as it can be but you don't freak out about it and you go, oh my God, maybe we're breaking up or maybe it's not meant to be everything like that. You're just in a winter season with your relationship. Spring and summer will come along as long as you keep persisting, showing up. It's the same thing with business. The great times will be come and be there and the shit times will come and be there. Mm-hmm. It's what you have to go through. Cool, that's my top two tips. Now we're gonna finish on, we are now at one hour I promised you a short podcast. I'm kind of meeting that promise. <laughs> Courtney's even giving me the, you know, the fingers now and going, <laughs> we hurry up and wrap this thing up. We've got Louis on our left here. He's basically He's doing saying, very well. He's, feed me up. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to finish on the thing that the only reason why you're here is the mystery question. The mystery question is Courtney and I are going to ask each other the question. We don't know what the question is. We haven't prepared the answer or anything like that. It's just bang, smack in your face. And I tell you what. I'm nervous after what some a of the topics you've got. What question have I got for Courtney? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Go. I've actually got two, but mindful of time, so I have to pick one. And now I Give me your pressured. best one. Okay. If you could tell yourself or if you could give yourself one piece of advice for those first or fourth trimester... What would it be? Now, obviously, having hindsight, what would you tell your... What would I tell my 36-year-old self? (laughs) One 
bit of advice. Oh. Um. Gee, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> you said to ask a good question. You put me on the bloody spot. <laughs> the advice... The, you know what? The advice that I'll give myself is the relationship thing. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's probably the, the advice I give myself is that, hey, your relationship's going to be really tested here. Your number one thing is to focus on getting your relationship at a nice, calm, healthy level. Because when you do that, things get a lot easier. Now, in hindsight, I wonder if we went back and we had this information that we, mm. if we could put extra, extra focus yeah, and effort into the other. relationship, I wonder if that first eight weeks would have been easier. Yeah. And even though we have this knowledge and information now, it's still easier said than done. But mm. I just wonder if we had that, would have things been easier? Mm. I wonder. And we're going to find out with our second kid. The only <laughs> thing with the second kid is it's, it's a second kid. Less time. And uh, things are going to get even harder again so oi whatever alright I did it there's a question well done Courtney you ready I'm nervous alright now I want honest answers here <sighs> okay it's got to be honest answers oh. how can I be a better dad aww you're an amazing dad nah, not holding back <laughs> you know I've got great things but we've also got not so great things in life be we're being honest dad. aren't we yeah, you know wow, we're great okay. at things in life we've got great Traits, but we also have shit traits. Courtney does, I do, everyone does. So it's a really hard question. How can I be a better dad? Oh gosh, that's actually really hard. You're an amazing Luke is an amazing dad. I love seeing you and Louis together. Stop it. it just melts my heart. It's Stop so it. Keep special. Going. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. And I can't wait until he's more. running around and surfing and he's just gonna have Tell the, me more. the best life. She's buttering me up. No, I am really actually struggling to think of what I could say. I maybe if I have to say one thing. I would say maybe preempting things. That's all I can think of as in... What do you mean by that? You know, if I'm having a bit of a struggly day or if I, if you can see that Louis is more unsettled than usual, you know, if I've just finished feeding him, like burp him and change him or something like that. But you tend to do that, but sometimes I do have to ask. So mm-hmm. that would be the only thing. It's like sometimes that tiny moment before you have to ask something, if somebody sees you and can acknowledge that it's like, you know what, I can do that in that moment for them. I find for me that is always just like, oh, like you feel so cared for mm-hmm. when when someone preempts something and you're like, oh, I was thinking that or I really needed that and didn't realize I needed that. Um, so like kind being, of being a preemptive dad sometimes it's it's a gesture that you would do anyway but if you do it before before maybe your partner even has a moment to think that they even need that it just it yeah that's like for me it shows so much love and support so being aware of your state and where you're at yeah yeah and then um how you kind can of help looking that. for hey man she needs help here yeah as opposed to waiting because that's what guys do we you know yeah that's we, true actually. we need instructions it's kind of like hey tell us to do this we'll do it that's what uh uh girls are better at is kind of reading what's going on and everything like that so i need to tap into my feminine a little bit more and just be a little bit more it's a it's a combination of number one looking after your needs combination of looking actually going okay how is courtney and asking myself that question mm-hmm. boom congratulations <laughs> you passed <laughs> passed the mystery question Ooh. we both did it all right everyone an hour and five minutes i think we've done pretty well with this one we're gonna wrap it any last words no. c dubs or cp cp Thank you for joining us on our little journey. We're not too sure what the next instalment will be, but excited to give you an update on Louis soon. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram, 
at Luke underscore page. <laughs>